Hi, I'm Jason Bryan from the Shortime Wrestling Podcast and founder of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. Shows on the network are individually owned and operated, and those opinions presented and expressed may not reflect others, the sponsors, patrons, or the parent network. Find more shows about the greatest sport in the world at the Matt Talk Podcast Network at matttalkonline.com. You're locked into the Pack Vitality Poppins Podcast, a look inside the NC State Wrestling Program with head coach Pat Popolizio and members of the Wolfpack team and staff. Now let's join your host, five-time All-American and Student Athlete Development Coordinator, Hayden Heidley. Hello, Wolfpack fans. Welcome to episode 101 of the Pack Mentality Pop-Ins Podcast. I am Hayden Heidley, your host, the Student Athlete Development Coordinator for NC State Wrestling. I am, like always, joined by the head coach of the Wolfpack, Pat Popolizio. Hayden, great to see you as always. Got a lot to recap here, Pat. Had a pretty successful weekend in your home state, hometown of Albany, New York. Took out Central Michigan and Illinois. Had a bit of a Thanksgiving break. Now we're looking forward to the Cliff Keen Las Vegas Invitational. Got a few uh, listener questions in at the end. Does that sound good today? Oh, beautiful. Can't wait. All right. Diving into the recap of Central Michigan and Illinois. Central Michigan match was NC State 26, Central Michigan 12. It was a 7-3 match split. Had a pin by Trent Hydley and major decisions by Ryan Jack and Isaac Trumbull. And then decision victories by Troy Homan, Jackson Arrington over number 14, Johnny Lovett, Don Cates, and Owen Treffen. Had a little bit of a mixed bag of results for that match. Um, maybe had to dust some of the cobwebs off for that first round matchup. But Jackson Arrington scored a huge win. Uh, Trent, Ryan, and Isaac getting bonus kind of really fueled the team to victory there. Yeah, I think uh, it was definitely a good uh, setting for us, you know, to test where we were at. Obviously, having uh, Kai out of the lineup, too. We knew some guys had to step up and, and score some bonus points. And, you know, that's something we've been working on as a team is to have guys go out and try to dominate, you know, if they're in position to do that. And uh, I think we saw that a little bit this past weekend when we were out there competing. And that makes for a successful dual meet trip. Yeah, you talked about uh, Kai Orini being out of the lineup. Anything to add on him and, and where we're going forward with, with him? Uh, he'll be back, ready for Vegas. Looks good. Um, he's had a great 10 days of training. So um, it's one of those for him. He needs to get back on, on track with some things and have a good tournament out there. And I, I like what we've we've seen in the room out of him the last 10 days and conditioning weight, all that's in check. So we just got to go out and perform now. Yeah, we had a bit of a younger lineup there for that first match with Homan wrestling at 25. He stepped up and, and got a win against their starter. And then Jacob Cox wrestling at 133, unfortunately got injured during that match and will be, uh, won't be able to use him for a little bit with a, with that wrist injury that he sustained. But up, up and down, we had was it three nine? true freshmen, but everybody, there was what, like nine underclassmen? Yeah, I mean, sophomore below. <clears throat> on paper, we got nine nine underclassmen in that dual meet. You know, Trent being the only guy that, going, you know, still has another year after this. So, yeah, that's promising. You know, and you know when you have a young lineup like that, some mistakes are going to be made. But effort and uh, just the, the work ethic and mentality is all in check. So we just, in due time, got to keep getting better. 
Yeah, it was a quick turnaround then, and immediately after took on Illinois, won that match 27-12. to It was another 7-3 match split. Had a tech fall by Trent Hydley, major decisions by Ryan Jack, Jackson Arrington, and Ed Scott, and then decision victories by Jarrett Trombley. Um, and Isaac Trumbull had a win over the number 14th ranked Zach Bronigal, 11-4. to Pretty uh, pretty good match across the board for the guys on the team. I th- thought they really responded well after maybe some, you know, had a little bit of a sluggish uh, performance against CMU um, during some individual matches, really turned it around, had that little bit more of the veteran lineup, got in there against Illinois, scored a pretty decisive victory over a pretty solid team. Any kind of um, notable perf- performances you saw there or just takeaways? Yeah, definitely more focused in that match. You know, sometimes when you're in the dual meets and you and you know you got two or three in a day, you know, sometimes teams can overlook other programs. And, it, you know, I felt like we did that a little bit the first round and uh, made some adjustments, you know, mentally to get more focused and picked up our intensity against, you know, a Big Ten team that I, I thought our guys wrestled very well. And, uh, again, not having Kai in the lineup changed some things there when we had to bump up Troy to – to go up to 33. So gave up some, some bonus points there, but not a lack of effort and, and willing to step up for our team. Um, notable wins though. Anytime you got a chance to beat a ranked opponent, you know, I think Isaac had a pretty dominating win against a kid that I think was in the round of 12 last year. So it shows us we're, we're on track and improving and, Again, going to have another big weekend ahead of us. Yeah, he did it in a pretty interesting way. You'll get to hear from Isaac a little bit later on in this podcast where he'll go through the victory, but was able to get a takedown early, just uh, masked up a lot of riding time, was able to escape and had a pretty pretty sizable lead in the third. And then there was a lot of action that took place, but his gas tank was able to hold out and was able to get those reversals to you know, really thwart that comeback effort that came along, but he did it in a couple different ways was getting that takedown on a really uh, highly ranked guy is something that he has, you know, been really working on over the last off season. So that was pretty, uh, it, it was really beneficial to see that happen in a match like this. Yeah. I mean, we already know def- defensively he's going to be tough to score and on the mat, you know, he's going to be a, a, a threat to wrestle anyone. So something he's worked really hard at is developing that offense. And if, He's scoring a takedown or two in a match. It's going to be very difficult to beat Isaac. And uh, I think we're starting to see that. And as time goes on and more confidence is built, uh, he's going to be pretty deadly to to have in our lineup and can score from all positions. And that's what we're looking for. Yeah. So rounding out that weekend with 2-0 performances were Ryan Jack, Jackson Arrington, Trent Hydley, Isaac Trumbull, and Owen Treffin. All those guys really stepped up and, and looked great. But... Uh, yeah, two seven three splits. You know, we're able to really win that last ma- last match pretty decisively. And there were some, uh, I guess, looking into it, they would be like, ah, this could be a pretty close duel, but really took care of business there and headed into the Thanksgiving break. And this year, we uh, stayed on campus and the the starters uh, trained throughout the Thanksgiving break. Anything you saw from the guys during this Thanksgiving break and kind of getting re- getting themselves ready for Vegas. Yeah, we made a decision as a staff to uh, keep those guys headed out to Vegas, to keep them here, keep them focused, train through the break. Um, I thought it was very beneficial. We saw a lot of really good workouts, really good focus. And uh, I think it's going to put us in a good spot to go out and compete very well when we head to Vegas. And it also gave some of those younger guys and guys maybe not wrestling every weekend in our lineup to 
get a little breather, get their feet underneath them. They've been training really hard and, and pushing our guys in the room. So it was good, you know, guys come back fresh and are pushing the guys going out to Vegas. So it together was a good combination for us. Got a uh, Thanksgiving question here for you. Pat. Let's do it. Um, I, I look on, on Twitter and I'll, you always see people arguing about, you know, overrated dishes or, or yep. stuff that aren't that good that people think are great and that stuff that maybe are a little under, underrated. Yeah. I've got a question for you here. Let's what go. is one dish that has too much hype and one dish that is as good as advertised? Well, I'm not, first of all, I'm not a big turkey guy. So I'm, I'm going to go with the turkey itself. You know, I'd rather, I'd rather have steak or, you know, a nice chicken breast, something, something more of that cuisine. And then uh, the stuffing, you know, if you have the right stuffing made for you and you put the right meats in there, the stuffing is the way to go. And you can make a meal out of that, actually, if you just took a sandwich and put the stuffing in there, a little mm. cranberry. So it's funny you say that. Good, good I was leftovers. I was actually leaning towards the stuffing maybe being a little bit overrated. Yeah, that's the difference between you. <laughs> you eat donuts too. I don't. <laughs> oh boy, catching strays here. But my thing with the stuffing is like, yeah, it's it's pretty good. But I I don't I don't know if I'm going to make a meal. You haven't had it. the right stuffing then. <laughs> We're not it's talking fine. out of a the bag. Stuffing. We're talking homemade stuffing here. The stuffing's it? fine. That's yeah. what I'm getting at. I think you, you ate some of the foods that were cooked at my house. So you know that <laughs> it's going to be the real deal. Yeah. I'll add in the green bean casserole. Is, it knocks it out of the park. I I don't stand for any of that slander that you're taking a vegetable that's like pretty like middle of the road and you're turning it into something really great. Yeah. Although it might not be considered like a vegetable anymore because it's pretty unhealthy. Like that's the good stuff. Well, and I'm sure Isaac talked about this in his portion of the podcast, but the sweet potato casserole, I mean, to me, that's a dessert. If you're going to put the marshmallows and the cinnamon on there, you know, we're, we're going right after that too. Yeah. Well, maybe they'll do a sweet potato donut for you. I think that's something we can, we can get done. I've I've been big uh, this fall season. Um, Trader Joe's has a good selection of like kind of flavored donuts throughout the year. I had a apple cider donut from there and it was really, really good uh, earlier this fall. And then they started, they had a, uh, a pumpkin, uh, I forget what it was, but it was like pumpkin flavored donut. And I was all in on that. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot that are said about my donut consumption. I will say it is warranted. Um, it's not one of those things that's like blown out of proportion. I, I will say though, I'm not doing it every day. I'm doing it like once a week, but when I do eat donuts, it's not just, one. I know. Well, you were up working out with 97 and heavyweight. And now that we're back down to once a week, we're, we're back to like the middle and upper weight guys you're training with. Hey, listen, I, I've let it be known any and all welcomers in the room are willing to wrestle me. I'll go from 41 all the way up to heavyweights. You know, you saw me this summer wrestling with Tyree and Owen. I got no problem there. Matt wrestling, not too bad. If we get up on our feet, I'm, I'm not really going to take any shots, but Hey, like I said, all any and all comers in the room, they can uh, ask me and I'll change it up. I'll change up my style. This week in itself, I've wrestled Fishback, um, RJ, Jackson, Trent. So, hey, whatever the range, Tommy whatever too. I'm needed. I saw you in there with Tommy a little bit. Maybe last week it was. Yeah. Yeah. No, I still get got the freestyle in me too. So, yeah. you know, the donuts once a week, I don't think they're hurting. I've lost a little bit of weight since my look competition good, days. Do but look good. Yeah. Hey, what are you going to do? You got to live a little bit. Yep. All right, that that does it for our uh, little Thanksgiving corner and uh, the food talk. Moving in, got to get guys down to wait for Cliff Keen Las Vegas Invitational. That is December second and third, live on Flow Wrestling. We've got a uh, 
a little bit of stats here for you that I'm going to steal off of Brian. Reinhardt. I was going to say I knew something was coming. <laughs> if you're just stats, we got to go with Brian. You must have been texting with him this morning. No, I'm actually. I will admit, I got this off of his Twitter. I think he summed it up better than I probably could have. With though. the rank guys and every yep. yeah. So here, here we go. Thank you, Brian Reinhardt. 108 ranked wrestlers, 45 that are ranked inside the top 10, and every weight has at least nine ranked guys. That's that's pretty impressive stuff. That, that's, that's like a says, mini NCAAs. You better show up and better ready to go. <laughs> yeah. So we've got that in terms of just the individual rankings and then the participating teams that are inside the top 25. You've got Ohio State, Arizona State, Michigan, Virginia Tech, Cornell, Northwestern, North Dakota State, Northern Iowa, Cal Poly. And then you've got a whole litany of other of other schools that are going to be there. But really impressive test for the guys. Do you want to talk about maybe scheduling this tournament? I know it's not a mainstay in our in our normal schedule, but what is the uh, idea behind going to Las Vegas, testing yourself here, and where that kind of fits in within the season of trying to get that little mini peak for this tournament, what that will do um, as time goes on for the season? Yeah, I think, you know, over the years, last couple of years, it's something that's probably hindered us a little bit not being able to go to one of these tournaments um, just due to restrictions with some travel stuff. And obviously with the COVID, um, we didn't want to risk some things. But now that we're in position to go out and compete a little more, um, we felt this is something this team, as young as we are, needs this experience. And, you know, it gives guys an opportunity to go out and, like I said, nine guys in each weight that are ranked. Um, you're going to hit somebody in the first day that's – nationally ranked and we need that you know we need to make jumps um you know especially for some of the guys maybe they had a, a slow start to the season this is a great opportunity to jump right back to where they need to be and and again i think as we learned over time in the nca seeding your losses really don't hurt you as much as good quality wins will help you and that's what we're looking to do this year is focus more on good quality wins and not really worry about the losses because we feel, you know, most of our guys are going to go into the NCAA tournament with a loss or two, and that's going to make them better. They're going to adjust and adapt, and we'll be in position when when March comes to to really make a run. Yeah, so for the Las Vegas Invitational, you've got – you can only send 10 guys that are able to compete. wanted to use this as a kind of opportunity to check in with each one of these guys and see – you know, hear your thoughts and see where they're at, but also let the the listeners know which 10 guys will be making the trip and any kind of um, rationale on, on your end on, on why a certain guy is going. But when you check in with each guy at 125, it'll be Jarrett Trombley. Yep. Um, just right now where he's at, has the experience. Get He's always been a good tournament wrestler too, so I'm excited to see him down, obviously at 25 in, in a tournament setting. So... Same with Kai. I mean, we've seen his tournament um, last couple of years. He's really stepped up his game anytime we've been in a tournament. And this is a great time for him to, to come out and have a good performance. Yeah. And Ryan Jack at 141 is off to a hot start in the season, has really grown a lot, was one of the guys that was talked about the most kind of coming into this next season to make that jump. He's got a great opportunity with a pretty – Pretty loaded deep. field at 141 yeah. deep with all those top guys. Yeah, that's a uh, perfect weight for him because it, I think, you know, we look on paper, there's six, seven guys maybe that are, are ranked ahead of him. And it'll be nice for him to match up with some of those guys to see where we're at and uh, look for him to have a really good solid tournament. 
Then 149, Jackson Arrington's fresh off his first ranked win uh, as a college wrestler, keeps making those jumps, is going to be really tested at this weight at 149. Have a lot of top guys that are going to be there and guys that beat him earlier in the season, including Parco from Arizona State and, and Milner from Appalachian State. You know, kind of where do you where do you see his progress at the moment and you know, looking yeah. forward to this this tournament for him. I think week to week, day to day, he's improving rapidly. And if you look at his record right now, he only has two losses, and they're both to, to those two guys you talked about who are in top four. I think they're maybe three and five or three and four. It depends on what poll. So makes those adjustments in there, and it could be a different match. And I think as time goes on, when you have a true freshman, you get a second chance at a guy. You, you build some confidence on it, but. You know, again, we look for him to go out there and have a really good, solid tournament and, and match up with some of these ranked guys to keep seeing where we're at. Yeah, 157, Ed Scott took a few losses earlier in the season, um, was able to bounce back in a big way against Illinois and rebounded, got a, a bonus points for the team. Uh, he'll be making that that uh, trip to Vegas at 57, Don Cates at 165. Kind of talk about those two guys and, and where you see those two. Yeah, Ed just needs one good tournament and he'll be right back where he needs to be. We know he can beat the best guys in the country. And, you know, every now and then we slip up, have a letdown. And again, we got to focus more on the quality wins than the the losses we encounter. And, and Ed coming out here and having a really good tournament just puts him right back to where he needs to be. And we'll be in a really good spot for him come, come postseason. Uh, Kate's, I'm excited to see him down 65. You know, he's done a phenomenal job managing his weight. Uh, attitude's been right on check for everything we need. And this would be a fun tournament for Don Cates. If I'm him, I'm excited to go out there and compete and have the opportunity to to prove that he is one of the best guys in the country. And I think, you know, just showing up and, and doing what he's capable of, I think we're going to see something special from him. 174, we have a, a new face at that weight class. It's been a, a few different guys have started for the team and still not really sure with uh, solidifying that weight class yet. But Alex Faison will be making his season debut at 174. Talk a little bit about Alex and, you know, the move up to 174 at this point. Yeah, well, you know, like where we were at with 65 with Fields and Cates covering that weight. I think both those guys are going to continue to improve through the season. I think Faison was was making a sacrifice down to 65 and the cut was a little little tough on him and where he wasn't quite able to wrestle the way he wants. So, um, you know, where we're at 74, we're going to, we're going to give guys opportunity to see who can really step up and uh, establish themselves as a starter. We got a lot of options there and we know it's a long year and I think we're going to continue to battle that weight out until we feel comfortable with who, who's representing NC state in the singlet um, week to week. And, I feel like this week was a good one for him to bump back up, put some weight on and test the waters at 74. And we'll, we'll reevaluate after this weekend and see if it was a good move and we can adjust and, and get things figured out in due time. Yeah, 184 through 285, really starting up uh, one of those momentum swings in the lineup every time we duel. It seems like once we get to this point, you know, you've got three guys that have been here for multiple years and know the standard and are, are really showing a lot of improvement. You know, Trent Hyde will be making, um, you know, being, being able to test himself for the first time this year against some of those top 10 guys and Isaac will have another few opportunities to take on those top 10 guys. And Owen Treffin's really impressed at heavyweight and has already has a ranked win under his belt for the season, but is going to be facing just a whole nother level of challenge. What do you see out of these three guys and guys that have really provided some momentum swings for this team so far this year? Yeah, I think obviously for the mentality right now with uh, 
Trent and Isaac, I think they're they're focusing on winning this tournament and doing so they're going to have to beat some really good guys. And, you know, I think they're both capable of, of going out there and having a dominating first day. And then things are going to tighten up when you when you start hitting those higher ranked guys. And that's what, you know, Trent is a competitor. He looks forward to those those settings. And I know he's he's excited to possibly get some rematches with some guys that he wrestled last year that, you know, wasn't at his best. So I know he's looked phenomenal, you know, up to this point in his training condition. Everything is in check for him. You know, Isaac's another guy that's had a huge improvement. And uh, I'd like to see him wrestle some of the better guys in the country, too. I think his style's very challenging to wrestle. So it's going to be fun to watch those two. And yeah, heavyweight, that's uh, that's big for us this year, having a guy that has uh, improved and can attack and Keeps building confidence week to week, but he's looked really, really good. And um, I'm excited to see Owen at heavyweight there because I think that's another deep weight. So we know we're going to get tested and uh, see exactly where we're at. But I I like when you when you got a heavyweight that can attack and, and put points on the board for a tournament. That's that's a positive thing. Yeah, headed to Vegas. Um, you know, really looking forward to watching this tournament again. It's December 2nd and 3rd, live on flow gonna be pretty pretty tired from all the wrestling going on but uh any um you know, i got a vegas any... question for you <laughs> all right you ready yeah we're sitting at the blackjack table <laughs> dealer showing a six mm-hmm. yep and you got a five are we staying or are you hitting yeah we're hitting okay that's all I need to know. Yeah. I won't be playing at the same table as you. I was going to ask you, is there any um, any table of your choice that you like to hit whenever you're out in, in Vegas or I'm gonna, arena? I will find some uh, little poker that to me is relaxing, just sitting there playing a little poker. No, <laughs> yeah. no, no big money at stakes, but it's soothing just to play some cards and hear some good conversations from the locals. I'm not a math guy. I usually leave that up anytime I... Like normal I thought you were good life. at me. Yeah, I checked all your academics here. You're always good at me. I did fine, but I Trent's more of the math uh, brain so behind Trent. it all. But I, um, I've only I've only played blackjack once, and I, I look at I look at it as like a donation, I guess, <laughs> uh, toward, towards the local economy. So well, I got my name up on a billboard there, one of the casinos, probably. Then, my <laughs> but yeah, it's always a fun trip. It's probably going to be too tiring for me to step out there. I mean, it's. I mean, by the time the wrestling's done, it's going to be. Nine ten o'clock Wednesday and Thursday. We got there's no wrestling. I'll be too stressed out. I'll be watching too much film. All right, all right. But uh, yeah, wanted to finish off this uh, episode here with you today on a couple listeners' questions. Let's do it. I went to Twitter yesterday and says, you know what? Uh, I was reading a little bit, so I had to study up a bit. No, I didn't study. I I like going off the just on the cusp here. Yeah, no, it's good. I've got uh, two questions, and then. Another one of, game. One of your, no, nah, not a game, but one of your roster athletes asked a question and uh, wanted to include that at the yeah, end. Yeah, I figured so. All right. So NCSU WFBS uh, tweets, what redshirt guys have stood out the most? And is HH more difficult to manage as an athlete or as a staff That's member? <laughs> um, honestly, the, this redshirt class has been phenomenal. They're uh, very mature, very talented, and... Uh, very driven to be successful. It's one of the best recruiting classes we've been able to put together. So as a group, I like where we're at. Um, I think the tough part with them right now, and we talked about it yesterday, a lot of these guys haven't had the opportunity to compete because they can't really go to open tournaments yet. We've been selective on the dates that we're saving, but 
I, I can sense the talent level is there with all of them. Um, I like where we're at with Finn. Singleton is, you know, can continue to develop, looks really good in the room. Uh, we're just weight-wise trying to figure out where, where exactly he'll be. Uh, Fishback had a really good opening weekend. I know he, you know, he didn't get the win that he wanted, but on the limited training that he's been at, you know, his conditioning isn't a hundred percent, but we, we, we decided it was good for him to go out and compete and he's had a really good performance as well. And I think he's going to make for a very good college wrestler. And, um, let's see, we got chase horn as well. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I see him in there every day. And, And again, we got a couple good heavyweights right now in the room and for him to be in there battling with those guys every day is only going to make him better. And, you know, he's a, he's a guy that needs to physically mature a little bit. And I think this can be a great year for him to do that. Sam, our strength coach, putting, putting some good time in there too. So, um, yeah, across the board, those, those guys are, are in every day and they're, they're showing up, putting the effort and the work in and, whether it's this year or next year, you're gonna you're gonna hear about all these guys because they're gonna be they're gonna be wrestling Friday night for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, as far <laughs> as management, I think for you this has been a great learning experience because you see the other side of things. And you know, there's days where you're scratching your head like I can't believe we're dealing with this. Where before blinders were on, and you know, as an athlete, you don't really see the the things that go on behind the scenes. But let's face it, you were easy to manage. You showed up. You won. You did all the things you needed to do. And I, I, I think life is very similar to the coaching aspect of it. I mean, you, you bring a lot to the table. This podcast, you know, we were talking about it earlier. It's uh, It's been good. It's something new. It's different and uh, puts you out of your comfort zone a little bit. Yeah, the, I appreciate that. Pat. It's really kind of you. But I was we were talking with the staff earlier and just some people, you know, reaching out about the podcast and they're glad that I'm doing it. And I kind of just realize that the stuff that I'm doing here on staff, you know, doing some broadcast stuff, doing the podcast, I guess you social just, media, the, tw- the tweets, yeah, social the, media, the finger behind the, <laughs> the internet. Yeah. I, I think if you kind of group those things together, it just, that's a, gr- a, a kind of some stuff where you never you thought know, you'd be doing, I never thought I'd be doing it. Welcome to coaching. <laughs> but, the fundraising too. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's one thing, you know, summing up all those parts like, yeah, I guess I just don't really care if I make a fool of myself. And so I'm going to make a lot of mistakes, but I guess I've got that part of me where it's like, ah, I don't really care too much. So I have that going for me. I still need to improve on some of these stuff. I've got um, some really cool guys like in behind the scenes. I want to give a shout out to uh, Van Austin has been kind of grading me on these podcast performances and let me know some of the Maybe things. Maybe we got to get Van on here one day. You know, he it's easy to sit behind the the keyboard and, and, and type these questions out, but maybe we got to get Van. I think Van would be a good one on here. And his story of Mitch's tavern was a good, good story that he needs to tell. Yeah, no, I'd love to. I really appreciative of, of the people that have given me feedback on this podcast and things I'm, I'm doing well, things I need to improve on. I really appreciate that. And that you're coming from a good place of, you know, really helping this all improve. It's, it's been very helpful to have that. Uh, one more question from uh, from the uh, yep. from the listeners. Uh, GC Flight says, "What do you think should be in place to curb medical forfeits during the conference championship weekend?" No, that's a very hard question for you, but you know you're you're the man for the job. I guess that who could give us the best answer? Yeah, it's it's tricky because let's just say you're one of the most dominant wrestlers in the country, and that guy medical forfeits out, and you want to punish him by seating him, you know, eight 
at the NCAA tournament, now you're starting to punish the guys that are, you know, not supposed to see that guy until maybe a little, little earlier, a little later. So when you start moving that bracket around, it's different than a team sport because you can, you can punish someone else that's done all the the right things, and you move a, a really good guy to. Let's just say you seated that guy last at NCAs. That's not right for the the actual number one seed. Mm-hmm. So it is a little tricky. Um, at the end of the day, you know, if you're in position to compete to win the team title, whether it's conference or NCAs, you're only punishing that team. You know, those are points that you're not going to be able to score. So, yeah, there's there's no uh, there's no right formula to it, but hopefully, we we start looking at these and and. Technically, maybe they should start counting as a loss on their record. I think that's the only thing we really can do. A medical forfeit should just automatically be a loss when, when you're in postseason. You know, during the season, we get in Vegas or in something like that. It, you know, I don't know if it does us any good to, to medically forfeit out because there's still a lot of wrestling left in the season. Sometimes it happens where guys, he could actually go, but do you want to risk the injury and losing the kid for the rest of the season? Mm -hmm. So those are things coaches have to analyze and, and play. But when it's starting to jockey for position and seating, I think, yeah, they do need to be penalized. Gotcha. Great answer, Pat. As always, I knew you'd have the the answer to the tricky stuff. Yeah. One bonus question here from Trent. Yeah, Trent. All right, let's go. So we wrestled the same weight too, by the way. So it's just too bad. You know, can't put the shoes on and go with them every day. So we talk on our team about, you know, some of the peaks and the pits that you've had during the week. This is, I mean, this is some hard hitting stuff here. I don't know if it's going to, if you still have any scar tissue built up. I got a lot. But uh, he says. Dark places. Trent's (laughs) taking me to dark place now. He said, what's the best win of your career as a coach and individual and the worst loss of your career as a coach and an individual? Wow. Tough stuff. Tough stuff. (laughs) Well, it's funny. I was on, uh, I was watching, there was actually a cool video they put out. Um. Iowa and Iowa State are coming up and they put a really good hype video together to kind of promote that. But we fell victim of that, uh, that whole situation with uh, the national duels. Um, I think Dresser thought that they should have went out to wrestle Iowa and we felt like we should have went out to wrestle Iowa. But anytime you get a chance to go and compete with one of the best teams in the country, um, you want to take advantage of that. And I feel like that was one of those opportunities where we were able to go out there and wrestle a team that has so much history and tradition and to go in a really tough environment and come out with a win there. I think, you know, on paper to this day is probably one of the biggest wins for the NC state program. Um, And again, it goes more to their history and tradition of what they created to go there and actually compete with them. I thought was, was something special for our program. Worst loss? You didn't, your individual best win. Oh, individual In, best yeah. win? Jeez. <laughs> had a couple good wins. Um, I don't like really talking about my personal career, but, you know, I've, I think my senior year, I had a chance to wrestle some, some really good guy. Probably the best resume guy that I've ever had a win over, and he's probably still salty to this day, and he's, he's a D1 coach, is Damian Hahn. <laughs> you know, he, he won nationals a couple times, and, you know, I, at that day, I guess I was better, but obviously I'll take his his accomplishments any day over over a single win. Mm-hmm. And they're actually doing a phenomenal job yeah. at South Dakota State, Absolutely. too. Absolutely. 
Great coach. All right. Maybe losses. We, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> I think any doomy loss we've had has always been a bad loss. No, the the ones that are are tough are, you know, the ones where you were in position to win and you let them slip away. It's one thing when you you take a loss and you're just like, wow, that team team's better than us. There's mm-hmm. nothing we can do about it. But the ones where you're like, maybe you lost two or three overtime matches and you look up and you lose a doomy score by by a point. Probably the one that stung the most to this day is when I was at Binghamton, we actually, Cornell was ranked third in the country at the time and we weren't. And we got in a barn burner dual meet Mm -hmm. and we ended up losing on criteria. Um, We split five and five and it came down to who it, it really came down. Kyle Dake ended up pinning our guy. Mm -hmm. And if our guy just went out and got teched, he was down by 14 with, 12 seconds to go and mm-hmm. takes a shot and Dake pancakes him over and pinned him. So we lost on criteria. Um, that was probably one of the toughest losses to to digest because we were like, could have had a really big upset that day. That's tough. That is tough. But it's one of those things, you know, you look back and can be 10 years removed and you still remember those dual meat losses. Like it's yesterday. <laughs> those sting. Yep. But uh, no, that's all I've got for you today, Pat. I think... Uh, Great, another great episode. It was, it was great to be here with you and looking forward to episode number 102. Stay in, uh, stay tuned here, Wolfpack fans. We've got an exclusive interview with sophomore 197-pound starter Isaac Trumbull coming up. Uh, this is, does it for us, Pat, but looking forward to the next time. Yeah, another great episode, Hayden. All right, Wolfpack fans, we are back with an interview with the starting 197-pound sophomore, Isaac Trumbull. Isaac, welcome back to the podcast. When's the last time you were on here? Gotta say, from what I remember, is last year with Brian Reiner. Yep. Well, new host. Try to make it a uh, a good interview here for you, but uh, wanted to have you on. Just picked up the you know first kind of big win of the season for you. Wanted to check in just with, you know, all that you have going on in your life, a busy guy with ROTC, with wrestling, um, and just kind of wanted to give that interesting perspective, I guess, to the viewers at home to see what it is to, to go through a day in the life of, uh, you know, starter, you know, also you have the extra things outside of wrestling going on, but um, just walk us through uh, last weekend's performance. You know, you had a first kind of ranked win of the season over Zach Bronigle, number 14 of Illinois, Looked great doing it. Um, very interesting match. I want you to kind of walk us through that performance and just how you felt the weekend went. Yeah. Uh, uh, I knew he was a Greco guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, wrestled with him one time back at my uh, club back in Nebraska. He came and trained Greco with my coach, and I was wrestling with him. And I knew he liked upper body, and so that was kind of something. And I'm not bad upper body either, so I was like – this is something that's either going to go in my favor or go against me. So training for that match, uh, Timmy McCall and I kind of worked staying out of underhooks, not letting him get an underhook, but if I could get to mine, that'd be a plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so really trying to fight, not getting underhooked. And uh, I mean, I got underhooked twice and he scored both times out of it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, I feel like I did a pretty good job not letting him get more underhooks uh, than I could have. Uh, did a good job of 
I did a like a little integrated a little freestyle into that. I did a little like chest rep and uh, snapped and got a little angle and got my first takedown in that first period. Probably surprised a lot of people getting a takedown, but not your stereo, not your typical takedown is a little different. And then uh, I feel like I can ride a lot of people. Uh, I feel like if I get on top and they can either get a boot in or a claw, I feel like I can do a pretty good job uh, riding someone out and get that riding time. And uh, going, in, I kind kind of talked with it uh, to Kevin about it yesterday. I was like, if I can get a takedown in the first period and ride someone out in that second period, and I'm up three zero, then I choose bottom and get out. Like, do how much? Do, I have nothing really to lose. I'm up four zero at that point, so that'd be pretty good. Uh, terms if I can be up 4-0 come third period in every match yeah that's a, a pretty good recipe for success you know you get the early takedown you ride hard you know you're up in that early lead and then even though you gave up a takedown there in the third you know you quickly got the reversal and it just seemed like even though he's scoring points you know you're still extending your lead or it's still a big enough gap where it doesn't make that much of a difference and that was like it like when i said earlier is a weird match to kind of watch it was like you had the big lead and then he stormed back and got a takedown but it didn't ever really look like he was closing the gap no. because of that that riding time is such a big difference and you mm-hmm. know being able to wear somebody out even if they do score, you're quickly, you know, right back on the offensive and it doesn't seem like it makes that big of a deal. And that's definitely a, you know, a good thing to kind of notice early on in the season, like, okay, what's the perfect recipe for me to win a big match like this? Yeah. And it seemed like, you know, you plan, you, you watch film, you, you start doing things and it's like executing is going to be that big thing. And you are able to really ex- execute throughout that match, especially in those first two periods. And then even in the third period, when things started to get a little bit wild, it was still enough cushion and there was enough of plan going into it that it didn't seem to matter much. Yeah. I knew uh, he got two takedowns and I got one escape out of that. So it was five, four and he tried to cut me again. And I was like, I knew that if I got an escape, that'd be, it'd be six, four and he'd have, 50 seconds to get another takedown or I could try to grab an ankle or something and get a reversal out of it. And maybe even just, if I didn't get a reversal, just stalemate the position and kill a little bit of time and, uh, got a reversal out of it and got a few back points. And, uh, that kind of worked in my favor too. Yeah. Leading into this next weekend. Now you have another great opportunity to wrestle a lot of of ranked guys and not really sure how the brackets are going to play out, but you know, every weight at this tournament coming up in Las Vegas has at least nine ranked guys in it. Uh, it's going to be a great test for you individually and a great test for the team. What are you looking forward to this weekend and, and kind of what are your thoughts going into a huge tournament like this? I'll say this is my second big tournament in my collegiate career. Uh, wrestled a lot this summer and I mean, it's freestyle, but folk style, the only other big tournament I was in all year long was NCAAs last year and so this will be kind of like NCAAs was an eye opener so now I feel like now I feel like kind of got my feet wet a little bit now I'm ready to get going and uh, I feel like we got a good team we got the guys ready to go and uh, I think the only thing I'll struggle with is that time change I mean I I like to go to sleep really early and if I go to sleep 8 o'clock North Carolina time that's 5 o'clock Las Vegas time. So I got to work on 
staying up later and trying to sleep in a little bit later because that's not going to be in my favor. I wanted to uh, throw in one of the uh, podcast listeners' questions from yesterday. So I asked on Twitter, you know, what does anybody have any questions for Pat? But uh, Ryan Smith asked a question I thought would be, me do, be answered better by one of the guys on the team. He asks, walk us through a typical week uh, for our guys during a match week. And that includes training, school, meal planning, travel. Kind of walk us through, maybe just walk us through what your day looks like today. And kind of I can brush up on what the travel will look like. But what does it look like for you individually getting ready for a tournament like, you know, like Las Vegas on a day like today? Yeah, so uh day like today, uh, I woke up at 5 o'clock and got some breakfast in me, uh, read my Bible a little bit, and then went to lift at 6 a.m. And then after that, got 30 minutes of cardio in, and then uh, went back home. actually went to the grocery store and got some coffee grounds, and then uh, went back home, did a little bit of schoolwork. Uh, came here for the podcast and then I'll have a uh, I'll have class and I got a presentation in class it'll be the last final presentation for the class and then uh at 1:30 I got ROTC till 2:45 then I'll walk back over to the wrestling room and I don't know I don't know what they got in store for us today Pat said it's going to be a light one but that typically means we got a grinder uh but practice and then Starting to get a little closer to uh, Vegas and uh, got to start to get my weight in control. It's like uh, when we're wrestling a home duel, all the everything's the same. I have the same wrestling room, same temperature in the wrestling room. Uh, I got the treadmills. I got I have the same access to everything consistently. Uh, but when you travel, you never know what you have access to. Am I going to have access to a stair stepper, treadmill, air bike? So you got to really train for all those. So like we've been doing, I've been doing stair stepping. I mean, I ran five miles this morning. Uh, we bike every now and then. So you got to just be ready for the different things, especially like the room in Vegas not being very warm. So you got to pack extra sweats for if it's cold to compensate for that. But that's uh, what today kind of looks like. Yeah, pretty busy day. Uh, and then at, at night, you know, you finish up with practice, go to case dining hall. For sure. <laughs> get case in. Got to get your case dining hall in, probably finish out with, you know, any last minute homework or whatever you got going on. But it's a busy day and it can be really long during the season. But I feel like our guys do a great job of just planning it out. And, you know, you might be busy from, you know, 6 a.m. all the way up to 8 or 9 p.m. at night. But, uh, you know, I feel like if it's scheduled out, it can be a little bit easier and not as challenging. And this year for Vegas, we're heading out uh, Wednesday morning. Yep. Uh, so we'll leave Wednesday morning. We'll get there, do some kind of workout. And it's usually Wednesday's a scheduled off day um, for guys during the week. So it'll probably be cardio or, or something light on Wednesday. And then Thursday, we'll get on the mats out there as our last like preparation day. And then it's an early morning uh, Friday weigh-in, you know, wrestle all day Friday, wrestle all day Saturday. So very long week, but, you know, guys on the team stayed home and we trained through kind of the Thanksgiving weekend, had Thursday off, but had really good days of training on Friday and Saturday. And 
that allowed, uh, you know, take an off day Sunday, worked hard yesterday on Monday and, you know, probably we'll definitely take it back on Tuesday. I can, yeah, I, I, I don't think Pat's going to give a surprise grinder on you today, but it's a, it's a long week for sure. But I think we're really training well and, and peaking for the right time and trying to get that little mini peak, I guess, is what you're you're trying to do for this Vegas for tournament. Sure. You don't want to peak all the way because that's reserved for the postseason, but have that little mini peak now and then maybe take a little bit, take a little back and uh, look to make another mini peak in New Orleans. But very busy week, that's for sure. And I hope that gave the listeners some insight on what a student athlete in, in wrestling will go through on a, on a week like this for Vegas. Um, you mentioned, you know, in your answer to kind of the ROTC. Um, explain to us kind of what your future goals are in that and, and how military service factors in with, you know, your kind of five-year plan or, or whatever you're planning on doing here. And give us some some goals that you have with that and kind of how that's going to coincide with wrestling over these next few years. Yeah, uh I'm in ROTC right now. I'm MS3, so that's just uh, I've been in it for three years now. And then typically for your third year going on to your fourth during the summer, you have to uh, you have to go to a thing called advanced camp. And that'll be in Fort Knox, uh, Tennessee. So that's about 30 days long. So this summer uh, I'll probably go after the freestyle season. I'll go up there for 30 days, do my training. And that's for... Uh, they grade the uh, or they rank all the cadets in my class in the entire nation. So just say there's 5,000 of them. Uh, you'll go up there and they'll uh, rank you off your leadership abilities. And uh, if you're being confident leader, like how good you are as a leader, really. And uh, you'll get put through different. You'll be a squad leader. You'll be a platoon leader, team leader. And they'll give you all these different responsibilities and see how you uh handle those and then next year i'll be at ms4 so that then i'll be like kind of more in charge of the ones twos and threes and kind of looking over those people and then uh fifth year i'll be kind of like phase on and you don't really have to do a ton but you're big uh when you are there you're a big leader of the the, the group there and then uh i'm not really locked in on it for sure and uh, it's not really up to me, uh, and I'll say all, but you get to choose what three branches you want to, or you get to suggest what three branches you want to go into. And uh, you go and do your advanced camp, and they'll come back and tell you, oh, you're good for infantry, you're good for, they'll tell you what they think you'd be good for, what different branches. And uh, then after college, I'll branch into one of those, and uh who knows, maybe I'll go WCAT, do some freestyle or Greco wrestling there. Uh, if not, I'm I'm pretty got my mind pretty set on, say, something special forces like a Green Beret or a Delta Force. Uh, I think those are pretty cool. Uh, or Army Ranger, I mean. And uh, I think that'd be really cool, do something like that. Yeah, it's really interesting insight, I think, with what goes into being a division one athlete and wrestling at the highest level and adding something like that to your plate. Um, you know, it's always very refreshing to hear somebody kind of be able to walk through it and explain, you know, them taking on something separate, um, something bigger than themselves. And it's obviously not meant for many people. It would probably, you know, 
it'd be really hard to do that. And I, anything that you have found to be successful with, um, just managing the two and, and kind of give us an insight into that, into, you know, you're taking on this huge challenge in itself of being, you know, a college wrestler and adding that on top of it and talking about these plans for the future. Does it ever get stressful for you? Have you found some things to really kind of set your mind at ease whenever you're going through a long day where that's just another thing that's added to your plate? I'd say, uh, the staff and the cadre member over at ROTC do a good job of compensating. They know that I got 6 a.m. lifts or sometimes 5.30, and they do a good job in saying, hey, we know your workouts are extremely tough at wrestling. You don't really have to come to PT at 5 in the morning. And then again, on Thursdays, I have lab for ROTC, which is the same time as uh, wrestling practice. So coaches here uh, do a great job of let me practice at – say 11 o'clock and practice that time instead of a normal practice time. And that's something like Timmy will work out with me then and we'll go through a pretty tough one. But it's something that uh, a lot of people don't think of, especially in high school. A lot of guys want to go to WCAP because they do want to go into the army or they want to go to the army academy because mm-hmm. they want to go into the army as a lifelong career after college. And, uh, I don't know if many people know it, but like you can come to say a school like NC state wrestle for the team here, but also do ROTC and you'll graduate as a same rank as someone who went to the army Academy. So you're really getting the same thing out of it. Uh, just not at the army Academy. Mm-hmm. So it, it would, I feel like we could do a good job of advertising that as something for like people who want to go to the army Academy and be like, Hey, you can get the same thing here mm-hmm. and it'll be a, just a little bit more lenient than that. Yeah. Yeah. I know there's definitely a lot of juggling and kind of moving parts going on with it, but you've been able to make it work. Um, you've made your presence known as a team, as, as the leader, you know, going from year two to three, have you felt any kind of changes in, in who you are as a leader? I know you've been voted on as team captain unanimously by, you know, your peers, anything Anything that you've viewed as like changing for you going from year two to year three and, you know, really settling in here at NC State, you know, I I talked about on the broadcast, um, you know, Trumbull's usually that stoic guy that, you know, almost lives his life like an old guy, like is up really early, goes to bed really early, um, not going to get a whole lot of emotion out of him. And then next thing you know, after you get a pin against App State, you're breaking out an air guitar air guitar like have you found kind of like a, that little bit of like comfort in you know opening up um to the fans opening up to the guys on the team it seems like you've really kind of settled in as the leader of this team yeah uh definitely would say i'm not like the most vocal uh guy on the team or leader on the team i typically leave that up to trent or the coaches to kind of push guys more vocally but uh say like this uh fall where uh, trent was gone overseas uh, wrestling and we had track workouts like someone's got to step up and uh, kind of lead the guys but even then it wasn't all verbal uh, I feel like I really earned the respect from the guys this summer uh, doing all the wrestling for freestyle traveling and then uh, also like down on the track seeing someone push so hard uh, to be all the way at the top of the pack and uh, that really earns the respect like even if I I win eight in a row and then someone comes and pushes and beats me for one of them, like that guy earned my respect because he went hard for something. And uh, 
like you talked a lot about it in Navy SEALs and stuff like that. Like, uh, you don't, or you learn who your brothers are in a hard time and struggles and trials and tribulations. Uh, and guys will put their faith and trust in someone who that they've gone through the suck with and, uh, going through that suck this spring, uh, summer and fall leading to this season, I think, uh, earned a lot of people's trust and respect. And, uh, a lot of people are willing to go through the suck with me and I'd do the same thing for them. Yeah. And I, th- I think it's one, it's a great way to describe it is you don't always need to be the vocal leader to really make an impact on guys. You know, like everybody on this team, like without a question, you ask them, you know, who's one of the hardest working guys in the room who takes it to the limit every single time, like you're going to be brought up no matter who it is answering. And so that's always a guy that people are going to be willing to follow. And, you know, you're starting to really find your kind of, you know, really comfort zone on the team where it's like, Hey, whenever we need to look to somebody during a hard workout, you can probably look over to Isaac and just follow whatever he's doing. And sometimes that's like, sometimes that's what a leader needs to be. It's sometimes people don't always know what they need to be doing. And it's easy for them to look over their shoulder and be like, okay, that person's doing it. Probably a good reason for me to be doing it too. And a lot of people don't always talk about that in like in terms of leadership, but really there's, in a group full of guys, especially when you have 15 freshmen on a team, some of them probably just don't even know what a successful workout will look like sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it's not anything to their detriment. They just haven't seen it. And it's really helpful to have a guy that they can look to and be like, okay, that's what I need to do. And I think that's what you've, you know, been able to establish on this team. And it's been really impressive. We've talked a lot about, you know, just work ethic stuff, you know, life with, with military and, being a student athlete, wanted to kind of pin down more of a wrestling question here for you. And, you know, what does a successful season look like in your eyes? You know, we're, we're at the end of March, NCAA tournament finishes up, go through that kind of stretch of the season. Like what does a successful season overall look like for you in terms of wrestling wise? I would say, uh, looking back at the end of the year, it doesn't really matter because, uh, not, it doesn't matter, but, uh, Pat, we talked about uh, like overall records, like who cares about your overall record? If you can show up for that NCAA tournament and produce score team points and uh, get on the podium or even at the top of the podium, uh, it's a huge impact. And uh, I mean, during the year, I mean, looking back, I wouldn't really care if I had five, 10, 20 losses. But if I can get to the podium at the end of the year, NCAs or top of the podium, I feel like that'd be a pretty successful year. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll admit, I don't, I don't think we can get you to the NCAA tournament with 20 losses. No, but I hope not. I hope but not. I, I'll use this as a figure of speech for now, but yeah, that's a, a good way to put it. It really does come down. This sport is so crazy how we spend all this time, worrying about every week and they are all important because we're so ingrained for it to matter to us. And it's like every match is a big, big match, but the NCAA tournament's one of those things that makes you think back, like, uh, I guess it really didn't matter that, you know, I screwed up and I got pinned in this mm-hmm. week or this match because I was able to really redeem myself yeah. where it really hurts guys though, as they'll look back and be like, Oh wow. You know, I had a perfect season and then I just, kind of fell flat when an NCAA tournament comes around and you'd rather be that guy that 
it was like, hey, I don't have any regrets about what happened during the season because I accomplished so much during that NCAA tournament. Yeah. And that's a fine balance you want to have of using the season to prepare yourself, but also not getting too high or too low what happens. And I think that's uh, a good way to, to be is you want to be one of those guys that's peaking at the right time and one of those guys that, hey, you lose in the regular season, you shake it off and be like, you know, I'm going to redeem that in, in March. And I think that's a good spot to be in. But, you know, really looking forward to watching you this year. You've already picked up some big wins, solidified yourself as a leader. Really proud of your growth for sure. Um, one last question for you. I've been doing this with all the guys on the team. There's a, a Mark Twain quote that I really like, and it goes, um, the two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day you found out why. And I wanted to change that up a bit in a wrestling sense. And, um, you know, what was the day that you started wrestling? What did that look like? And when did you find out why, you know, you were drawn to this and you knew that you would be, you know, a high level wrestler? Uh, I mean, I started wrestling pretty young, like uh, kindergarten. We had like a gym like in gym class, P class, they threw down some mats and we went through a little week long session and our P coach was the head wrestling coach on the high school team. And ever since then, I don't know why I just loved the sport, but I didn't really get into it uh, really until probably sixth grade. And then I really got committed to it and then moved schools Uh Moved schools for high school and wrestled at a different school. And uh, it wasn't really till after my I lost at state my sophomore year and got second. And even then, like I'd kind of go through the motions a little bit. And then that happened. And I was like, wow, you really have to commit a lot of time and effort into this sport if that's if you want to be good at it. And it's something that doesn't come easy. Uh, I mean, I, I'll get guys that look at me like I'm crazy for coming and working out at 5 a.m. and then going to lift. And uh, it's what it takes, really. Like, there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that the best people do, and people don't see that or acknowledge it. But later on, when you're getting those bigger wins and, uh, like, like you said, like solidifying yourself as a top guy, uh, it's that stuff that really propels you. And that's what I'd say, again, that's when I knew I wanted to be pretty elite at wrestling is after that loss, I was like, this sucks and I don't want to feel this ever again. And so I've tried to work my way up since then. All right, man. Great answer. It was a pleasure as always to have you here in the studio. That'll do us for do it for us at the Pack Mentality Poppins podcast, episode number 101. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you around next time. Thank you.